Hey everyone, you're listening to the PhD Survival Guide Podcast, the podcast made by PhD students for PhD students. In today's episode, we will be tackling an issue that most PhD students face on numerous occasions throughout their academic careers, losing motivation. I'll spend some time talking about my own triggers for losing motivation and some tips on how to reel it back in and get back on track. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and as always, let's roll out that nice intro music. everyone and welcome back into the PhD Survival Guide podcast. This is episode 5 and I'm your host Fidas. We're going to be talking about an issue that affects almost all PhD students no matter what part of their PhD they're in. It comes sporadically and sometimes can just affect the lab work that you're doing or even the writing that you're doing and just totally derail almost a normal week. And that issue is losing motivation. The reason why I wanted to talk about this this week is because this is an issue that I was actually facing this past Monday through Friday. I had completely lost motivation. I wasn't able to get any real experiments started without having to feel like I was just droning on or felt numb or mindless to it. And that becomes a real issue because I wasn't putting out my total focus into the experiment. And what could end up happening in those situations is that you're not going to get the results or accurate results um, that you are intending for. Now, thankfully, I'm a fifth-year PhD student that actually has this as a very common problem for myself. So with that, I'm able to identify it and quickly nip it in the bud and even turn it around midweek. So at about Wednesday, I'd figured out that I didn't have the motivation to get some things started. I started to feel a lot of apathy towards the experiments that I was uh, planned out for my week, and I had to do something in order to turn that around. So we'll go into some of my own personal triggers and some of my own personal coping mechanisms, and I'll kind of go and peruse through and see what maybe works for me and what I've heard works for other people as well. That way you can get a wide scope as to how to tackle this issue. Now, something important to point out is that last week we had talked about imposter syndrome when we brought Arturo onto the show, and we had identified some causes of this, and almost some of them are going to line up with lack of motivation. Now, what's important is that these two things are not mutually exclusive. You can be having both of these issues at the same time, or one might be fueling the other. But with that being said, I do feel like lack of motivation is something that you can catch on pretty quickly. Um, It's something that you will be able to identify and hopefully work around because it's just something that most people will be able to pick up on. Whereas with imposter syndrome, these are feelings that you feel towards yourself. Not everyone is going to be able to pick up on the fact that you have lost self-confidence or you might be hiding it very well. So just like the last episode, I'd like to identify the problem, which is the lack of motivation and kind of characterize it and explain it. Then we can tackle the causes and go through some of our coping mechanisms or even the solutions towards the problem. Now, a lack of motivation is something that's very common that could happen to anyone at any point of their life, uh, even outside of a PhD. But 
what's interesting about it within the PhD is that when it hits, it hits really hard, especially for me. I mean, when it hit this past week, I literally felt nothing but apathy towards a lot of the experiments that I was doing. And the easiest characterization of this and the way that I catch on to it really quickly is that I don't feel that urgency to get up and get into the lab and do the work. Like I could be on my phone and just watching videos or going through social media or something like that. And I might just use that as a delay to get any experiment started. And by the time that I am getting experiments started, it's a lot later in the day and I might risk running my experiments very late into the night. Now, to an outsider, or even to yourself, if you're not very familiar with it, this might seem like laziness. You could characterize this as something like, oh, I'm just being lazy. But it goes beyond that. It's not just laziness, or it isn't laziness in that regard. It's laziness caused by, you know, this lack of motivation. And when we do have this lack of motivation, it's really important to be able to identify that and move forward and move through it. Because the dangers of lack of motivation is that when you do try to push yourself anyways to get experiments done in the lab or to write or to read, you're going to start glossing over things. You're not going to be putting in 100% of the focus into what you're doing, and that could cause a lot of issues, especially with experiments. I mean, you could be making mistakes and causing issues, and in the next experiment, you're going to have to rerun what you had just done. So obviously, it poses a real threat to PhD students all around. And something that's really important to kind of acknowledge is the fact that it's going to happen. It's just going to happen. It's going to happen to all PhD students throughout their career. And something that we need to accept is that it's okay when it does happen. It's fine. Because some of the causes to lack of motivation are problems that need to be addressed. And when they do happen, we need to be able to get on top of that and figure out why this is happening and move past it. Now, some of these cases are going to be more sporadic than others, and you're not going to know why they're happening. And for those, to be honest, it's just really important to keep tabs on it and to monitor it as you go and to see what you can do about it. What I would recommend doing is to start keeping a journal of, you know, your emotions and how you're feeling throughout the PhD because you're going to have highs and lows as we talked about in the last episode. But as you start to track that and you can start to track the lack of motivation, you can start to see from the beginning what's causing that. For me, I've really narrowed it down to two causes. The one is the most common. For me, that's burnout. And I feel like that's going to be very common for a lot of PhD students is burnout. Now, burnout is exactly as it sounds, and this is a topic that we need to spend an entire episode on in the future, but essentially what's happening is that you are cooked to your limit. Everything that you've been doing, you're working over hours, you're stressing yourself out, and you're at the point now where all the experiments have just mended together. And remember, when you're doing a PhD, it's not you go into the lab and you're focusing on one thing at a time. A lot of times you're juggling things, whether you're at the beginning of your classes or in your classes or getting ready for your comprehensive exams or getting ready for your dissertation proposal or thinking about graduating. You're, you're juggling a lot of different things, sometimes side projects, sometimes main projects, sometimes even the little things in between and beyond all else, sometimes the things that affect you outside of the laboratory, the things at home, whether it be family stress or financial situations or any of these things that could really just put a stress on you, that could be burnout. And what commonly happens in this case is that lack of motivation is going to come at the end of that. You'll lose the motivation to be able to do any of the experiments or any of the work in the laboratory because you're just burnt out. 
You're just tired. You need to take a break for yourself and get out of that situation and address that problem fully. And that's why I was saying that even when it is sporadic, but when you start to map it and understand why you're losing motivation, if the cause is burnout, then you need to be able to address that. Because the main fear is that if you don't recognize it properly and don't address it properly, you might try to just work through that. And when you work through that, you start to make mistakes. And beyond that, you might even enter a realm of disenchantment where you are no longer engaged in the work that you're doing, nor do you care about the work that you're doing. Beyond disenchantment, you might enter spite. And spite is when you start to feel a lot of anger towards science in general, towards the people around you, towards the laboratory. So we want to avoid that at all costs. And burnout is going to be the main driver of that type of lack of motivation. So one of the solutions to working through that loss of motivation is to actually what the solution would be towards you know, fixing the burnout. And in most cases, what will help is to just remove yourself from that situation totally, to remove yourself from the laboratory, to remove yourself from your work, and take the time needed for you. Take that quality time that you're not getting. Find those hobbies that really excite you and empower you so that you can start to enjoy, you know, your life outside of the laboratory again and really not feel the stress that's coming from the lab. For me, that's going to the gym, that's fishing, that's hanging out with friends, that's playing video games, that's podcasting, that's reading. There are so many things that I do outside of the laboratory to make sure that I stay engaged with myself, that I understand that I have hobbies and that's okay. Like I'm allowed to have fun even while doing a PhD. Eventually the lab will call back to you. That's just how it works. If you are truly a scientist, then the experiments will call back to you. You're going to feel that urge, that motivation again to get back into the laboratory and do that work. Another solution is going to be to talk to someone, somebody that you trust, whether that's a lab mate, whether that's a family member, even your PI, to bring up the fact that you are not in the right headspace, that you've lost the motivation to really do the experiments, you're feeling that apathy, and you you just need to talk about it. And when you start to talk about it, you'll start to realize that maybe this is due to burnout and that you do need to take that time away from the laboratory. Those are the two things that really help me when I have a loss of motivation through the means of burnout, when I've recognized the fact that I'm just tired and my mind has really reached its limit. For others, they might try to shift gears. That's a suggestion that I've seen quite a bit. So if you're focused really hardcore on experiments and you're getting burnt out from your experiments, then turn to something else that might be uh, PhD related so that you don't feel necessarily like you're not getting work done, whether that be reading or writing. Writing would be a really good one because you can start to put your ideas down on paper, constructing an outline for the next manuscript that you want to publish or even getting together your dissertation notes or whatever you need in order to progress through your degree in a healthy way. Now, if this works for you, then great. That's awesome. But if it doesn't, then just remember the PhD is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And that's the oldest cliche you're ever going to hear about it. But it's a reality that it's going to take you some time. And that's okay to step away from the PhD in order to make sure that you're in the right headspace, no matter how long it takes, whether that be a few days or a day or 
uh, an extended period of time, just make sure if it is going to be an extended period of time that you are making your PI aware of that and that they're on the same page as you with that. The second cause for a loss of motivation and one that I've identified for myself and actually plagued me this past week is when you're getting close to or coming out of quote unquote vacation time. So what happened to me was that I had a friend come to visit. So two weeks ago, he'd come down from Monday through Friday and he spent that entire week with me. And I still went to the laboratory and got everything that I needed to completed. But this past week, I was getting back into the swing of things fully within the laboratory. And what happened was that this happens to me every single time I go home. For example, when I fly out to Rhode Island and I see my family, whether it be for a few days or a whole week or whatever, when I come back, I need to reset in the laboratory. I'm not going to, I I can't expect myself to just walk off the plane and then hop back into the experiments. That's not going to happen. And it never does. So I perceive that as a lack of motivation because in reality, there is a whole set list of things that I need to do. But when I'm coming back, I'm not getting those things done and there's no sense of urgency to it because my mind's still recovering from the vacation time. And that's totally fine because I need to reset. That's just something that I need to do. So what I propose or what my solution is towards this is to reorient yourself towards the laboratory. Dedicate some time to plan out your experiments. So sit down, whether it be with a lab mate or just yourself or with your PI, and really list out everything that you want to accomplish and want to get done. These could be short-term goals, what need to be done in the next week in order to progress, or long-term goals, reestablish where you're going and what you want to do. If this is something like, I'm going to defend my proposal in the next coming months, then set up a proper action plan to accomplish that. Once you've really layered it out and planned everything, then you're going to start to find that motivation to get to work because you know what your next steps are going to be. So these are my two big triggers. These are the two things that I've identified for myself as being my main causes of loss of motivation. But there are others out there, ones that I often read about. The three most recurring themes that have stuck out to me were there's no end in sight or not being able to see the light at the end of the tunnel, unacknowledged work, or redundancy in the workplace. For the no light at the end of the tunnel, I can definitely see this because, again, the PhD is a very long process. You're going to be doing this for multiple years, and sometimes your experiments are going to come to a standstill. That's just science, where things aren't working and you're troubleshooting, and you're spending a lot of time troubleshooting and you're not getting any data out of it. We kind of touched on this in the imposter syndrome episode that sometimes you're spending weeks running experiments and you're not pulling any graphs or any valuable data that you need towards your dissertation. And so when that starts to happen, you start to feel like there is no end, that you're just going to keep doing this forever, and you you can't see your accomplishments. When that happens, you might start to feel this loss of motivation, that you're no longer enjoying what you're doing, and you don't want to continue doing it the next day or the day after. My answer to that is that obviously there is an end to it. You are going to find that light at the end of the tunnel. You will have that eureka moment where you do troubleshoot your assay or whatever you're working on and complete it and get the data that you need. Things are just going to start working in that manner because you've put in the time and the effort towards it. So for that, 
you want to look forward and see what you're striving for. And once you start to manifest that, once you really start to put together the pieces of the puzzle, the experiments come along with it and you'll regain that motivation as you go through. The next reason that we've highlighted is that your work isn't getting acknowledged. And something that I want to talk about in the PhD is that unfortunately, or fortunately, however you look at this, you're going to be criticized a lot. And criticized is a harsh word, but it's a reality. Because what's happening is that you're putting together data, you're doing all the experiments, you're getting all your work done, you're, you're writing it all out, and you present that. And that might not be up to par with your PI or with your committee or whoever is reading it. And so they'll tell you, okay, change this or change that, or this is how I want to see this done, or, oh, you need to rerun this experiment, whatever, whatever it is, you're going to get criticized a lot. So we start to seek praise as PhD students. And the danger to that is that when you start to seek praise and it doesn't come, you, I can definitely see the lack of motivation there because you're just going to start feeling like there is no reason to what you're doing. But my answer to that is to flip the criticism and take it as healthy feedback. Even if it's coming in a language or a tone that you might not appreciate, to really use that to build your own self and your own investigative abilities. And we really hammered on this in the last episode, but to start acknowledging your own work yourself, to highlight the wins. Not everything in a PhD is going to be a eureka moment, and that's fine, but everything builds up to that. And so as you start to acknowledge the smaller things, the bigger things start to come as well. And you begin to rely less on the praise of others and more within your own self-confidence. And your self-confidence can motivate you. And that's what I'm really trying to say here is that if you're feeling a loss of motivation due to lack of praise, then start to acknowledge that yourself and really start to motivate yourself. The final one here is redundancy in the workplace. So redundancy in, for example, the experiments that you're doing. If your experiments last a certain amount of time, and it's a long certain amount of time, like I run behavioral experiments. When I run those behavioral experiments, they take hours on end. I mean, sometimes eight, nine, ten hours. So when you know you have something like that coming up, you might start to lose some motivation to actually get that work done. And in those instances, what helps me is that I'll usually ask a lab mate to come and help out if they're able to, to join into the experiment. That way we can speed in it. But let's say I don't have a lab mate available or you don't even have a lab mate available that could help you with that. If you have to tackle the problem on your own or the experiment on your own, then start to plan in some intervals where you can take breaks because hopefully you can do that. And when you do, you can start to do some things in between. So like when I do have those behavioral tests and I'm working alone on that and it is going to take me such a long amount of time, then I'll plan in some times that I can actually read or have something else to engage myself in. That way I feel motivated to do it because I'm knocking out more than one bird with one stone. So those are the three causes for loss of motivation that I've read the most about. This list actually comes from Tress Academic, a PhD life blog. And I'll link that in the description below so that you can take a look at that and also look at all the other causes that they've talked about here. So with that, it's important to remember that every PhD student is going to come across some kind of lack or loss of motivation. And when that does happen, it's important to understand why it's happening and tackle it accordingly. Because every single cause is going to require a different solution. And that's totally fine, and it's totally okay to lose motivation. But just know that when that does happen, you can indeed overcome that. 
So let's go ahead and transition to our last segment of this episode, which is the Reddit post of the day. This post comes to us on January 21st, 2023, and it's titled, I love to hate my PhD experience. Posts on this sub are usually either the PhD is killing me or the I don't know what you guys mean, I had mine completed in seven months type of posts. Recently, I was thinking a lot about whether I should quit or not, and I realized that I low-key like being stressed out constantly. I mean, I would rather not be stressed out and be more successful with my research, and the PhD surely is taxing on my mental health. But on the other hand, I love the challenge. I love that I'm never bored. I love the discussions about my failed methods. I just extended my contract for a year, and I can't wait to see what the next year has in store for me. I'm sure that most PhD students feel like that, and I don't really know why I'm even posting this. I guess I just want to share my thoughts with people who understand and don't tell me I should take a break or think that I'm just busy bragging. So to this user, I think that's a really interesting way to word that, (laughs) to be honest. I I really enjoyed the beginning there where they said that there are posts out there that say that I had my PhD completed in seven months, because that's so absolutely true. When you're on these forums and you're reading, you're going to see a whole different variety of things. And that's the important thing to take away from this. And that's what I'm going to say right now is that every PhD student is unique. Every single PhD student is doing it for a different reason or whatever. But typically when we talk about in science, and this is something that I've read recently in uh, a book titled Advice for a Young Investigator by Santiago Ramon y Cajal, which was first written in the late 1890s and still holds true to this day, is that essentially science is, we have all these questions about these large phenomena that the human brain can't comprehend. And we keep chasing it and answering the smaller questions and the smaller questions and build up gradually. So naturally what comes in a PhD or an academic journey is that you're going to have a lot of tweaks here and there. A lot of, uh, you know, he, he basically says that patience is a virtue and that's so true because what you're chasing after that, that strive for the betterment of science requires all that patience and all those failed experiments and all those failed methods so that you can truly reach the goal. And once you answer that question, you're going to come up with another question and the answer to that question will pose another one. And that's just science. That's what it is. You're just going to keep going and going and going. Um, and so I, I really like that you say, uh, I love that I'm never bored because that's essentially what Dr. Uh, Ramon y Cajal is saying in his book. So I I thought it was really funny and I I wanted to share that just because it was written in such an interesting way and an interesting take and made me think about it a little bit. But with that, let's go ahead and wrap up this episode. So I'm your host, Firas, and this is the PhD Survival Guide Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll catch you in the next one.